Shumrabyog. Anyong hasyo. Jagun bangim ni da. Jilumun mikim ni da. Chogong hagbukmal hasyo. Ben ibni da. Ailandu saram paramdungi ben si. Anyong hasyo ben. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, yeah, we've done it. <laughs> okay. That was not that was uh, dropped on me unprompted, ladies and gentlemen. And in the spirit of things being unprompted. <gasps> the music for the podcast. We don't actually have anything music. Very good. Ben, I've probably made a balls of that anyway, so don't worry, it's not too <laughs> embarrassing for you. Ladies and gentlemen, you are not listening to the uh, Korean Social Hour here on uh, iTunes, Spotify or YouTube. You are listening to Michael and Benjamin's podcast. And this week, Michael's been giving you a little tidbit on what might be coming up in the pod. A little teaser, a little teaser surprise. Yes, welcome back, Michael. Oh, thanks, Ben. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Ben, Benjamin. Yes. It was a big week in popular culture because it was the week of the Oscars. Bloody massive week in popular culture, Michael. The week of the Oscars. Oscars. Ben. Mm. Benjamin. Yes. Uh, walk jo- Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Jo- Joaquin. Yeah. Fiona. Jacqueline Phoenix. Jacqueline Phoenix from Dublin has won <laughs> the Oscar for best performance. Best actor. Best actor. I think it should just be best performance and don't separate men and women. Oh, I mean, half of them would agree, but then, you know, half of them will say, no, 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 we need separate categories to recognize distinction in both categories. But like that kind of, like Ben, I see the point of separating men and women in sports, let's say wrestling. Yes. Because a woman's never going to beat a man in wrestling. Yes. But Ben... get in trouble with that. No, I won't. Yes, you will. Well, if there's any women who disagree, they can wrestle me. (laughs) And we'll see how it goes. (laughs) But in acting, Ben... This is a good start to a pod. In acting, Ben, (laughs) it's level pegging. It's even footing. Well, pegging, it depends really on what both people are into, as long as it's consensual. You can have quite hardcore pegging if you want. I see what you've done there. A bit of... You've put a bit of sexual in the wind in it. Ben, but what I'm saying is... I don't think it's necessary to have best actor, best actress. No, it probably isn't, Michael, but if they didn't have separate categories, white men would win all of the best performances because the Oscars is intrinsically racist. I I disagree with you there. I think that... Why do you disagree with that, Michael? Because I think it can be fixed. And if something is intrinsically racist, it doesn't that mean it can't be changed. It's ingrained in its very nature. I didn't misspeak. <laughs> whereas, whereas what it is, is that the, the, the panel of the Oscars is mostly older white gentlemen. But that'll change over time. If and, the Oscars and, are still around. And, and as you can see, Ben, it, this year was quite interesting. In, in some it was, as, Michael. Yeah. Hence the reason we have this week's topic. Exactly, Ben. See but what I'm saying? Fucking, yeah. So, yeah, I don't think the Oscars is intrinsically racist. I think that can be changed. And then I'm what, intrinsically racist. Exactly. But the Oscars is not. It would be like, I also think they should do away with the idea of best foreign film. It's a bit ridiculous this time around, Michael, because bloody, bloody Parasite, Michael. One best film and best foreign film. How can you that win? doesn't make any fucking sense. I mean, if it wins best film, then shouldn't it by default win best foreign film? It should, but there's no need to have two separate categories anymore because it's just the best film. It's just the best film. That's now we saying. can definitely get rid of that category because if we're just letting foreign films win best film, then we don't have to worry about that category anymore. Yeah. So I would say, Ben, let's get rid of it. Let's just do best film, best director, Best main performance or central performance, best supporting performance. You should write this down with the annual Mickey's. And leave it at that. You no, should write this no, down with the annual that's Mickey's. That's too boring. That's too boring. Cause 
I, you know, I'm not I'm not that into acting I will tell you something from the old Oscars Michael bloody Steven Spielberg is shitting himself he's there clenching his cheeks going oh no we're letting foreign people win now I'm never going to win again is Senior Spielberg a bit of a racist is that he's not country? a racist no but he does give out about the Oscars being real or false every once in a while where he's like Netflix well, isn't real cinema Netflix yeah yeah but then Netflix went and sort of made, it's not even shown in cinemas so what did Netflix do this year Michael they bought a bunch of cinema showings and just put their cinemas put their films in cinema oh very good that's what they get that's what you get Michael don't mess with when Netflix, there's a multi-million no when there's a multi-billion dollar company and you say oh well it's not this they'll just spend a little bit of money and fucking fix it so that it is oh very good yeah that's what's gonna happen Michael Ben that's where it's at what? I think uh, Joaquin Phoenix was deserving though of best performance oh it was a very good performance Mike. I didn't like the film that we, much. no neither of us liked no no great Joker fans were we Michael no great Joker fans as were you we. so eloquently put it Michael that could have been about anything could have been anything yeah um, but that being said since it could have been about anything rather decent performance good from performance, Joaquin Phoenix yes. good performance rather decent performance um, I enjoyed the internet backlash Michael as you know we, we dwell in different parts of the internet you and I and a lot of people had a fucking fit uh, that Joker didn't win best film there was a lot of reeing from the neckbeards oh was there well yes. I didn't think it was the best film Ben no it, it should, did not deserve de- best film by any stretch of the imagination Michael but look but look we're not here to dictate what is good and bad pol- culture Michael we're just here to discuss it now Ben in a beautiful segue go on but the film smooth. almost certainly to win 2021's best film is uh, The Batman. The Batman. By... Who's doing it? Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves, The Batman. Matt Reeves, The Batman. Almost certainly to win Best Film 2020. Or, mm. you know what makes a great Batman? Mm. When his chin's as pointy as his ears. Because he's got a big chin, as Robert Pattinson. a big Pattinson. pointy chin. Benjamin, yes. on a totally unrelated note, did you see the new teaser trailer for Daredevil Season 4? <laughs> see what I've done? Uh, I see what you, you did see what there. I've done. Because it's a bloody red light and it's, it's red light and a little bit. Oh, yeah, to be fair. Actually, that's exactly what it was. Do you know what, Michael? Go on. I've been struggling to put my finger on exactly what it reminded me of. You've you've hit the nail squarely on the head. Even roundly the music, on the head. Even the music is the same. It's a little bit Batman or a little bit Daredevil y. It is. It's like an yeah. opening sequence for Daredevil yeah. season. I thought it was Daredevil season four. That's that's a very fair point. And then I said, Oh, it's Batman. It's an interesting looking suit, Michael. It's got its quirks. It's got its quirks. It seems to be a very big head. I don't know whether that's Robert Pattinson or just Maybe he just has an enormous I forehead. He might have an enormous forehead, an mm. enormous back of the head, an enormous cranium, is that? Yeah. Yeah. Cranium, Michael. That's the cranium um, area, yeah. Look, I'm going to reserve judgment, Michael. We got a couple of glimpses. It's a classic Joel Schumacher, bat nips, bat butt. Does it got nips? Wound up. No, it doesn't. But it has the, it's the, it's the classic kind of pan around the suit. All over myself. <laughs> you absolute dumbass. <laughs> right, we're going to have to pause the podcast for that one. Uh, very amusing, Ben. You've spilled water on yourself. Close the door there behind you. And we're and we're back in action now, Ben. Before you spilled water on yourself so humorously for the people on the Instagram, what were you saying? <laughs> I was saying that it's very Joel Schumacherian that it pans around the gentleman oh. in a Joel Schumacher fashion. Mm. There is no bat buttocks. No, but there probably should be at some point. It'd probably be quite wet, wet and wild. Not unlike myself, Michael. Very good. Not How are you feeling? Myself. Are you? Much drier. You're wearing Much my trousers. I'm wearing your trousers now. I'm very uncomfortable with the whole affair. Your cat Taylor was looking at me like I'm not ready for this phase in my relationship. Stop <laughs> taking your pants off in my presence. <laughs> she was very irritated. Are your underpants wet? My underpants are not wet. Very good. I have escaped underpants wet them. Speaking of people with dry underpants, Ben. 
most people. The Clone Wars. Yes, bloody. Well, I actually imagine that quite a few Star Wars fans wet their pants when they found out that the new season of Star Wars Clone Wars is coming out on March 5th. That was a, that was a buttery smooth segue, Ben. That was <laughs> worthy of one of my segues. <laughs> no, it was almost was, up there. That was incredible. I almost reached the ranks of Michael segue. Um, incredible. Season 7 of The Clone Wars is out on March 5th. So it's streaming on Disney Plus. They're going back to The Clone Wars. Going back to The Clone Wars. Because they had Clone Wars and then they had Rebels and then they had... Yes. Galaxy so Fighters or whatever the hell it's called. It's all getting pretty bloody messy. Okay. Um, unfortunately, yes. So basically Rebels came after Clone Wars. Mm. And it's rather unusual, Michael, because we've seen spoilers for Star Wars Rebels and uh, Clone Wars coming up. But basically, one of the big things that happened in the Clone Wars is that Darth Maul came back. Yeah, but his legs were robots. His uh, ro- robot legs. Yeah. Um, and he's been kind of, the, I suppose, the central antagonist uh, throughout much of the Clone Wars saga. The mm. one that added real interest to the... Even though he had robot legs. Piece. Yes. It, and again, it became solidified, really, as one of the great Star Wars villains um, through the Clone Wars. Despite his lack of legs. Despite his lack of legs. Um, Organic Do you know legs. who doesn't piss his pants? Bloody Darth Maul, he doesn't have any legs, he doesn't have any equipment below Mm. the bloody, below the bloody tum-tum. He might leak leak a hydraulic fluid. He could on occasion, perhaps. Um, So, basically, yes, go on. um, We got to see the animosity between Obi-Wan Kenobi and uh, Darth Maul grow into a a real vitriolic hatred of each other. Now, Ben, in spoiler territory, wasn't that resolved? It was, Michael, at the end of Star Wars Rebels. With a choppening. With a choppening, Mm -hmm. whereupon the exact same fight that happened in Star Wars The Phantom Menace Mm -hmm. brought out on my birthday, May 19th, 2000, Mm -hmm. or 1999. Could have been 1999. I think it was 97. For The Phantom Menace? No, I'm guessing. Just go on anyway. It was May 19th anyway. My birthday. The day of Uh, your birth. The day of my birth. Um, yes, and it was resolved where we saw a very similar fight take place. It's uh, older um, Alex, I'm going to forget his name. Alec McGuinness, Alec McGuinness, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness, thank you. Yeah. McGuinness, <laughs> get out of town. Uh, Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan Kenobi versus him in the desert because Darth Maul tracks him down yeah. to Tatooine. Mm. And he's like, why are you here? Why are you hiding in the what? desert? Uh, are you, you protecting something in the desert? I'll never tell you. And then Obi-Wan oh. Kenobi, who's normally like totally chill and like, no. Violence is not the way the force is like, nah, fuck you, you can't have him, and cuts him in half. Yeah, he gives him a um, So, full spoilers there. But now, Michael, mm-hmm. Bloody Darth Maul's back. He's in the Clone again, Wars, again. and he's the central antagonist in the Clone Wars, but it's not after Rebels, it's before it's Rebels before again. Rebels. And we get to see what happens to Ashoka Tanu, um, who is the former apprentice of Bloody, of Bloody Anakin Skywalker. And it, it really is messy now, Michael, because in Rebels, we got to see. Um, Ashoka Tanu and her realisation that Darth Vader is uh, her former master Anakin Skywalker and there's a whole horrific kind of psychological scarring incident oh, no. pretty great pretty great stuff Clone Wars is some of the best Star Wars stuff to ever come out Michael I like Star Wars Rogue One Rogue One is very good Michael I like Rogue it One is, you're getting a new movie is I it? I can't remember I've missed no not Rogue One um, Obi-Wan the director Kenobi. of um, Rogue One is getting a big action franchise. Who is the director of, of Rogue kind? One? I'm not sure. I'll have to look it up. I've this forgotten. Is an unexpected. Mm. This is an unexpected delight. But anyway, uh, we're going back to the Clone Wars. Back to the wars. Back to the Clone Wars. Order sixty six. Nice. 
Um, and yes, that's what's happening. We're getting it again, and it looks bloody good, Michael. It looks like we're gonna some friends become enemies, some enemies become friends. Oh, classic. Um, bloody classic, bloody oh, what classic a twisted web we weave. Benjamin. Oh, reaping what we sow. Other things. Oh, we... things come back around. Other things, sister. No, go on. One more would have been funny. <laughs> other. No, you're not gonna drop me. All right, so no, fine. Go on. Uh, other things which are coming back, Ben, are nice. Favourite of the pod, Alternate Carbonate. Alternate Carbonate. One of our first ever episodes, Michael. The first. Was it? No, it wasn't. It was, my fir- it was our first episode when I moved to Florence. Mm. It was our first episode when I moved to Florence for a year, Michael. Um, and the first time we tried graphic design and marketing on an Instagram. No good. No good. Mm. Terrible stuff. But at the time we were like, this is very good. We're very modern. Uh, bloody Dunning-Kruger effect in full flow there, mm. Michael. Where we were just patting each other on the back. Mm. Just being like, mmm. Transcontinental. And now we look at it and go, ooh. Very bad. Very bad. Very, very bad. Um, so yeah, Alternate Carbon is coming back. We're not getting bloody Joel Kinahan anymore, though. It's bloody Anthony Mackie. He's probably better. Anthony Mackie is probably a better actor. Although mm. I really enjoyed uh, Joel Kinnahan as Takeshi Kovac. No? I think you're getting a lot of names wrong today. What's, what is it? Who's Isn't it? Joel? Kinnerman? Kinnerman? Is it Kinnerman? Oh, Kinnerman? It doesn't really matter. Well, I mean, you're getting, you're getting your message across. You, I, you spin your wheels just, there and just, tell me how you feel I about just, it. Know that the, I, I don't really care. I didn't really watch. I never made it all the way through season one of Alternate Carbon. Did you not? I didn't. That's weird. Um, I'm really into Alternate Carbon, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, most important character coming back, uh, bloody Edgar Allan Poe AI hologram guy. Oh, he's back. very important. And uh, big fan of him. So nice to see him back. Nice to see him back. Look, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a completely different thing. I think it's interesting that we have to do a completely different lead actor. Have to. Uh, well, I think they've just decided that, you know, we got Anthony Mackie. Let's use him. Um, well, won't it be interesting if they do a different lead every time? Yes, but I, that's what I mean. It's a, kind of a new step for... Although I suppose we have so many anthology series now and things yeah. like that. But he is playing the same character. He's playing the same character, which Doctor is very interesting. type situation. Yes, I suppose it is, Michael. I didn't even consider it but that They just way. change per season. Yes. Maybe in 15 years they'll have a lady. A lady. No, they <laughs> no, they won't. And she might win Best Performance at the Oscars. Best Korean Performance at the Oscars. That's very good. Yes, because we'll have different categories for every country. That'll be in the future. I would say reductive. Very. Benjamin. Yes. Speaking of little trailer announcement teasers, mm. wasn't the teaser for Stranger Things 4 a bit of a non event? Yes, but not shocking at all. Yes. Oh, look. Hopper's a bunch alive. of. He's a, in Russia. Oh, look. Oh, they found a hopper in the reactor and they bloody kept him. Oh, look. He's Red Guardian. He's doing just fine. Oh, maybe. Oh! Then it turns out Stranger Things is completely linked to Black Widow. Yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? I like it. Uh, Do you think they did this just so it would help out David Harbour's schedule where he was already in Russia filming things (laughs) and they were just like, oh, well, fuck it. I don't imagine a lot of either of these things was filmed in Russia, to be honest with you. Probably in Minnesota, eh? Minnesota or Canada, eh? Maybe Maybe Vancouver. We're just just doing a voice. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, we knew he was alive, didn't we? That was the whole point. It was no great shock, was it? Yeah, it was. A big emotional goodbye. Oh, wait, we didn't need that at all. It was a bit of a damn squib of a a teaser. Again, to to my mind, Benjamin. Probably a pants-wetting moment for some. For the people... Are there hardcore Stranger Things fans? I think there are hardcore Stranger Things fans. Really? I think they're also hardcore... What are they Chief, called? Chief Strangerers. Oh, I like it. It's mm. actually quite uh, good. Chief, what's his name? Hopper? Chief Hopper. Is it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, there's probably these hardcore him fans. Oh, I'm sure there's some Hopper fans. They're like a hard drinking, hard smoking, hopper character. Yeah. They're probably into that. So, you know, people will be happy. Also, I'll, Ben, I'll watch Stranger Things season four. 
I'll make it all the way through the damn thing. Will you? Unlike alternate carbonate. Fair enough. Unlike lock and key. Did you not watch all of Lock and Key? Haven't made up? it all the way through Lock and Key, Ben. I've Gave been up. very busy this week. We've we've had a busy week. Man. We've had a busy popular culture week. We had to watch the Oscars. Yes, but the Oscars. We had to do our other podcast where we rated everyone's dress, rate the dress with Mick and Ben. Yeah. We had to do uh, a hemline. A hemline. It's our catty. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, a hemline. Which and is our, Ben. I had to go to Wednesday Night Cinema Club. Once again, without you, you've been struck down by a real dose of carrot's blood. Wait, 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 wait. What Wednesday night cinema club? We went to see Sonic the Hedgehog. That was on Saturday night. Yeah, it doesn't matter what day it is. That, Michael, that Wednesday. is categorically untrue. It's, it's called Wednesday night club. Yeah. And had you asked me on Wednesday night, I still wouldn't have gone with you because I was busy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> you see? You're too busy. You're too busy with your other antics. But so, Benjamin, <laughs> we we flew in our friend Dave to take your spot. Your friend Dave? Uh, yeah, and we went to see Sonic the Hedgehog. And? Guess what? Uh, probably wasn't that good. It's not that bad. Oh, okay, never yeah, mind. Kind of fine. Bloody cat's got my tongue. Yeah, bloody. It's it's not the greatest film ever made, but it's far from the worst film ever made. Well, that's good news, yeah. isn't it? How's Jim Carrey? How's he doing? Jim Carrey's fine. He overacts. He does a big mad performance. But that's Jim Carrey. It's fine. It's a good character. It's an amusing character. The the design of everything in the world is very good. Good. Sonic is not horrific. Yes, because they went and fixed him. They went and fixed him. In a rare um, case of listening to the internets. It's the biggest criticism. There are two major criticisms one might level against it. Are we going to do spoilers? No, we'll leave the spoilers alone. Mm, we might for, talk about it later, Ben, because we're planning an episode on why video game movies don't work. Or do sometimes. Okay. So we might get in more into depth to it in that episode. Yes. But two criticisms you might feel like leveling against it are, one, it's very kiddie. Now, Ben... It's hard to argue that a lot of what we talk about isn't at least Very gently kids. aimed at kids. Yes. But. It is hard it, to argue that. I it, often try and fail. Yeah. It, but it is quite kiddie. It's a kiddie film. It's it's very family friendly. It's its message is about finding friendship. And, you know, it's it's a kiddie James film. James Marsden. There are three. Sorry. There are three criticisms you might level against it. One, it's very kiddie. Two, the dialogue at times feels like a first draft. Oh. Like oh yeah, it the editing's a bit odd. Like perhaps they didn't quite have the shots and reactions they needed a lot of times because they might have done some stuff with Sonic. They had to twi- long twist after, him around and yeah, long after the live action stuff was shot. Okay, maybe they didn't have reaction shots or they didn't have the right mm, dialogue and they had to sniggy sniggy. Yeah, and the third criticism you might have about it is that essentially it's a superhero story about a speedster. Okay. So, being a superhero story about a speedster... You were waiting for Grant Gustin to pop on in there. Well, there is he does have some Flash comics, but there are a lot of scenes in it which could be accused of being derivative, but not quite as good. Oh, oh dear. Very mild spoiler here, but he does have a Quicksilver from the X-Men films moment. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes people do things and it just becomes the 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 basis for everything since. Yeah. So, you know, time slows down yeah. and there's music playing and he goes and he does things. If and then the I time... could save time in a bottle. But not as good. The first yeah. thing that I'd ever... Exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, but, but not as good. Not as and, good. And, you know, all the, all the usual problems of a speedster-based superhero movie, inconsistent super speed. Some, sometimes he... Sometimes he can slow time down so much that he's essentially... A blur. Well, the only one who's moving and everything else is completely stationary. And other times, he manages to get hit by a gun. You you know what I mean? Hating consistency. How did he he manage that? It's one of the the problems. But, in positives, 
It's diverting. Sonic himself is not unlikable. Who does the voice? It's Jason Schwartzman. Oh. Schwartzman. Schwartzman. Yeah. Um, he plays it as a kind of a toothless Ryan Reynolds. Oh, okay. It's like Ryan Reynolds, but without the edge. Okay. Um, Ryan Reynolds would have been a great shout for Sonic. He's, but he's fine. He's, he does. A, he does a fine does job. A decent job yeah, for the kids. He has a plot. Mm. Plots are important. Yeah, it has character development. It yeah. has. Uh, it has acts. You know, it, it's a movie. Okay. It is a movie. It's a structured and movie. And a decent one. And it's an all right kids movie that's kind of fine. Bit of sequel bait. Okay. Um, the sequel probably will happen because this has done phenomenally well. Okay. $65 million opening weekend, I think. Wow. That's because Internet Boys, like, they listen to us. I think that helped. Yes, in I think a lot it ways, absolutely to be honest. did. But also, I think. Oh, that weather sounds awful. The weather is very bad outside. It won't be picked up on our on our mic filters, mm. but it's very bad out there. Jesus. But yeah, so that was Sonic. Actually, not that bad. Okay, good. Not not, not amazing, Ben, by any stretch of imagination. Oh, but so a few things are, am I? No, not that bad. Probably better than Detective Pikachu. Well, a, a lot, lot, a lot more overtly kiddie. That's solid. It's a kids film. It's the, it's the, it's the biggest kids film I've seen in a while. The most kiddie kids film I've seen in a while. Okay. To the extent that you know, a lot of kids films, a lot of Disney films, a lot of Pixar films, mm. they don't feel that kiddie. But this one, this feels kiddie. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Also, in it, uh, James Morrison has made the decision to move from a rural cop to a big city cop. And he's like, I want to make something of myself. James Morrison is 46. Doesn't look it. <laughs> he doesn't look it. James Morrison does not look 46. He doesn't look 46. But this is his third film with CGI buddies. Is it? There's. He had Hop with Russell Brand, right. which was the Easter Bunny themed okay. one. He was also in the Smurfs. Was he? Is he the Smurf guy? Is he in the Smurfs? Is he in the Smurfs? He's I'm, often I'm going to say that before buddy. I do Ben's retractions. Ben's retractions. Uh, speaking of my retractions, Michael. Yeah. There's been some hype this weekend. Some besmirchment of my character. If you I will. don't think it's besmirchment. I think it's based on historical facts. Probably accurate. Yeah. But there's been besmirchment when we announced our topic for the week, Michael. Um, fan of the podcast. Well, I assume fan of the podcast. Probably we wouldn't no know with those yeah, traitorous comments. Um... Nine Wassies commented that uh, this week I, I will probably be eating humble pie. And doing a lot come of infection. No, I'm completely wrong. It is the guy bloody, who looks like James Morrison. Uh, bloody Neil Patrick Harris. He's <laughs> in the Doesn't look like James Morrison. No, not at all. Uh, I'm going to have to check this again now. Benjamin, well, why don't you tell us what the topic of, of the week is and what inspired you to want to talk about this topic? Well, the topic of the week, dear boy, um, yes. is... Uh, that's going to cost me later on. It is, on. isn't it? I've already um, warned you once yes, today about calling you once. boy. I can't help it. I don't know why it's... Uh, <laughs> I don't know why that's become a thing for me. Uh, Michael, this week on a Wednesday... Yes. I went to see with a uh, friend of the podcast, Lauren. Yeah. Um, I went to see Parasite. Oh, the, good. The, yeah. the Oscar winning Parasite. Well, look, I'm sorry I wasn't able to make it. Best film 2020. I did appreciate the invite. Yes. The but, uh, series of invites that I sent your way and definitely, definitely, definitely did send. You didn't send. Uh, no, I didn't send you any invite, Michael, because it was a spur of the moment thing. Oh, right. That we decided okay, to do. Yeah, a spur of the... What are you doing? Are you sending a text? Or you no, I'm in the middle of looking up Smurfs 2 because I think James Marsden might be in Smurfs 2. I don't think he is. Because they weren't good enough to get him bloody back. No, Neil Patrick is back again. That's Patrick <laughs> Winslow. Never mind. Um, nothing to do with Smurfs. Nothing to do with Smurfs. That's weird. In your wheels there, Ben. Tell us what even is Parasite. Parasite, Michael, is... Oscar winner winning film for best... Uh, best film, best, best foreign director? film... Best uh, original screenplay, best foreign film, mm-hmm. 
and best director mm. best director so Michael to say that it swept the board mm. with arguably some of the most important categories under its belt mm. um, it would would be no over exaggeration it, it would be over exaggeration yeah no you can over exaggerate things um, it would be nothing like that it comes from Bong Joon-ho who is pretty much Korean cinema's darling at this point the man who can do no wrong of the last couple of films that he's put out um, and it, it won Best Oscar, Michael. And I went to see it on Wednesday. Um, best Oscar. It won Best Oscar. <laughs> yeah, Best Oscar. Best Oscar. Um, well, arguably, Best Film is Best Oscar, isn't it? Isn't That's it? the one you want. Um, but <laughs> apart from making excuses for my slippery tongue, um, it, we <laughs> went to see it on Wednesday with a friend of mine. Um, due in no small part to it winning the Oscar, Michael, I was intrigued. And I went to see it. And Michael, I have to say... Go on. Good grief, what an original film. What a oh. stunning piece of cinema. Oh, really? What an all-round, genre-bending, hybrided monstrosity of a beauty. Do go on. It's, it's just fantastic, Michael. Um, are we doing spoilers for it, Michael? I guess Because it did are. technically come out in 2019. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so we're going to do spoilers for it. But basically, it centers around uh, a poor Korean family, Michael. Mm-hmm. And one of the young men is given the opportunity to become an English tutor for a rich and wealthy family. Oh, and what he does, Michael, is... So rich and wealthy, you mean that they have both money and assets? Uh, money and assets, Michael. Money and assets. Thank you very much. Um, in Korea. And um, basically what he does is, he insinuates he he is not a, a qualified teacher. Mm-hmm. He's given this gig through word of mouth and kind of cons his way into the job. Classic. And what he does then, Michael, yes. what he does then... Go on. Is, this is dangerously close to a life story for certain people in the room. <laughs> um, what he does then, Michael, is he kind of convinces the rich family to hire all his family and replace their current staff. Yeah. So his father becomes the driver um, of the family, the yeah. chauffeur. His mother becomes the housekeeper. Very and good. his sister becomes the li- the youngest son's art tutor. Mm. Now, what they don't tell the is family, family is that they're family. Oh. And this is where the title comes from, Michael. Parasite, because there's a parasite living in within them. In. He's nipped in. And there is a twist, Michael, but I'm not going to spoil that because I really think it would genuinely spoil the film if I was to do that. But we mm. won't go into the twist. What it becomes, Michael, is just... It's it's hard to explain exactly what this is, Michael. It's Go on. it's Try. class deconstruction in a severe way because mm-hmm. that's one of um, I'm going to get the name wrong again. Uh, Bong Joon Ho's big kind of darlings is is class deconstruction and social warfare and that kind of thing. Yes, um, really shining a light on inequality in Korean society, mm-hmm. um, and that's the the central driving. The plot hinges on that conflict of class. Um, but there's also comedic elements to it that are absolutely hilarious. Um, other other person that we work with in in room uh, would be not here, not friend of the podcast, really, because he doesn't really listen all that often. But Stig, mm-hmm. um, who we know, uh, said that a lot of the humor is definitively Korean, mm-hmm. but a lot of the other humor is something you could see an Irish family doing in the exact same way. And I couldn't agree with him more, having seen it, Michael. It is very international in its humor, very international in its human emotions. Um, you don't go into this film and feel that you have to know more about Korea than you do. This film, despite being spoken entirely in Korean... Mm-hmm. Um, the very cheek of them. is The very cheek of them is not limited at all um, by that fact. It could be set in LA. It could be set in Dublin. It could be set... Take your pick, Michael. Hmm, that's it's a truly universal film and very enjoyable. Is it, Ben? Um, now, Ben, I haven't seen it. Yes. So I'm not going to disagree with you. I strongly recommend that you do, Michael. I, I probably think will. you would really enjoy this film. I probably would, Ben. I enjoy good films. You enjoy good films. And this film, Michael, yes, utterly deserving 
of the thing there's so much to think about there's so much to enjoy about it Michael it, it really churns a lot of gears in your head once you're done with it it's suspenseful the whole way through mm. one of my favourite things about a movie Michael is when the entire two hour run of it just zips by and Very I'm good. all of a sudden left going oh it's over I didn't once check my watch huh. I didn't once wait for it to be over I didn't once go okay let's wrap it up I was just intrigued from start to finish Michael. I can't believe that Dr. Robotnik was defeated so easily I know I know <laughs> I pretended you were talking about Sonic seconds. I wasn't um, So Michael yeah. That inspired me When you accosted me on the stairs Going what the hell Are we talking about, we this, talking week, about this week Ben uh, We have a that, podcast to do That inspired me Because I have seen a few Of uh, Bong Joon-ho's films Have you now And it inspired me to go Well Michael mm-hmm. Let's bloody talk about Korean cinema All right, we'll talk Korean, about Korean pop culture Korean pop culture Because cinema. Michael Yes He's been a bloody huge contributor to pop culture in general, to the zeitgeist, to the pop culture zeitgeist from the 90s. For the last 20, 20 so years. 20 years, 30 years. Not a coincidence, Ben. Is it not, Michael? No. Go on. It's an on purpose thing. Do you know this? No, I or don't know this at all. Up? This, no, no. Korea, <laughs> Korea, Korea has an interesting history of popular culture where they used to have bans on certain types of international pop culture being imported into Korea. They did. Um, so as to not hamper the uh, the local local. Well, a lot of it was about their their kind of fraught relationship with Japan as well. But from the nineties, Ben, they made a kind of conscious cultural decision as a country to promote their image, to get out there, Bloody to to export. Check it out, we're South Korea. Yeah. Well, you can tell by the way I walk that walk. I'm a Korean film. No time to talk. Da-na-na. No, no, no. no, I don't have anything else. Just, yeah, all right, look, you lost it there. But yeah, they made a conscious effort. Uh, I think it's called the Ministry of Culture, Tourism. Yeah, I'm about to drink some water. Have so a, we just take a have moment. A drink of water, yeah. Don't just spill to, it all over yourself. To, just to. I'll sell, I'll line up one of my good jokes. Very good. A bit of ASMR. No spillage. Didn't piss my pants. One of the cats is having an absolute freak out. You're she, spilling water. She is over worried yourself. that I have pissed my pants again. She's going, No, Ben, Does don't it? drink the water. That has not ended well traditionally on this pod. So they Sorry. So they decided to do absolute freak out, out there. Pop your head out the door and see what's wrong with it. Edward Sheeran, are you quite alright? Yes? What's up? Alright. Will we take a break? No, he's fine. He's have fine. a look. He's just complaining. Um, so they decide they made a kind of cultural decision. Yes, to export Koreanness, Koreanness for all the gang. And they decided this in the form of comics, movies, TV shows, uh, music, K-pop, bloody K-pop. And they they pushed it all internationally. It's a way, I think, Ben, of projecting power internationally in a non-military way, inspired probably by the Americans. Yes, but cultural American, colonization as opposed like, yeah. to colonization. Because Korea has all had been a little bit culturally isolated by choice and they didn't import a lot of cultural media, pop culture stuff. Now, I do feel it's important to point out that neither Michael or myself are Korean. No, we're not. Neither South nor North. <laughs> no, neither North nor uh, South. Nor however, Central. Michael has spent a little bit of time in Korea. I have, Ben. Which I, I think is important. You I don't like to go on about it, Ben. But you have a little bit of cultural insight. It's very difficult to be an international man of mystery if you keep going on about it all the time. Yes, well, I've never found that to be the case, Michael. I but, did, Ben. Um, I lived in Korea for a short time. I speak a little bit of Korean, despite the butchery of Korean at the Hence start the beginning of, the of this podcast. It was very bad. I made a, more mistakes I than I would I don't use. think that's true, Michael. It was pretty bad, Ben. I made more mistakes than I usually would because I realised the pressure of speaking a foreign language on microphone is pretty difficult. Hence the reason I never tackle Italian on the podcast. <laughs> very good. Um, so, yeah, no, look, I, I lived there for a little while. But um, 
What were we saying? Yes, so th- they made a conscious effort, basically, to export Korean culture as a product. To give us their best stuff. And it really shows, because for a country of, what's the what's the population of Korea? 60 million-ish? Yeah, sure. Uh, I am not going to correct you, Michael. I'll I, look it up here, though. I reckon it's around the same as Italy. But they seem to have had a very large impact on the popular culture landscape in the last 30 years. They have. Korean New Wave cinema has been 51.4 million. Right, so yeah, close enough. So, like, not an enormous country. No, not but, huge. you know, uh, I, we are a bit misrepresented in Ireland, actually, being a tiny country. We are tiny. With a very large international footprint. Yes, we've somehow managed to, yeah, to despite, do that. Despite not being that many of us. It's because Americans better. like to make a conscious effort on our behalf. It also helps that we speak English here, Ben. Yes, that is a usual you know, colonialism. Uh, shaping uh, the world, uh, even uh, to date. Bloody heck. Even to date. So, anyway, Ben, I live there. And a lot of my pop culture uh, awareness of Korea stems from between the years 2005, 2006 and 2007. Those are prime years for uh, Korean pop culture, though. They are. They were pretty good years, Ben. And it was interesting to be there at the time because one of the big things that was released at that time, Ben, was the movie Gwemul. Which is? Gotta help me out there, bud. Gwemul is... Is my sassy girl? No, Gwemul translates literally as monster. But internationally, they called it The Host for some reason. Bloody The Host. I don't know why they called it The Host. Have you seen the film The Host? Yes, I have. It is the second or third film? I think it's the third film from your newfound favourite director. Yes, Bong Joon-ho. Yes. Um, I think it's his third. It is. It is his third. And that was released when I lived in Korea. His first huge international acclaim. It was very, very exciting when that was released. Yes. So it's a movie, Ben. It's a monster movie. It is. It's a monster movie along the lines of Godzilla or yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's up there with Gojira, Godzilla. But it's not really, because it features a very realistic monster. Yeah, it's he, a, have you, a you've mutant. Seen it, right? I have, you've yes. It? The big yeah. bloody fish thing. He's a mutanty fishy amphibian thing. But he's only about the size of a big car. Yes, he's not going to wreck any towns. No. The, he's not going to devour an entire building. And it actually turns out to be... Not a monster movie. There's a couple of frights and yeah, a couple of a chases, couple, but it's not a monster movie. No. It's a family drama mm. and it's a cultural drama mm. and it's a political drama. Mm. And there are certain things about it um, which, contrary to what you've just said about Parasite, that it could be set anywhere, make it inherently Korean. Okay. I felt. Okay. Now, I could be wrong and there might be some Ben's retractions from this. Even if I get something wrong, it's nice that I have to do it for both. It'll of still us. be a Ben's attraction. But what, where I'm going with it is, so it's a very good film. It's a monster movie. It's about a, a, a slow-witted man, a slow-witted poor man who owns a food stall, played by Sang. Played by the same Song guy, Kang Ho, the same guy who is in Parasite, Song Kang Ho. Yeah, who very, is very, the Korean new wave darling actor. Very good at acting. Very good. Very good actor. Because all round. yes, because in this movie he plays someone who's very slow-witted. Yes. Because he didn't have enough protein as a child. And it is, um, like Parasite, which I haven't seen, but just based on your description, it is also very, very funny. Yes. And a lot of the humour, I felt, was quite Korean humour. Mm. Um, but there are lots of family drama interaction things. Parasite would be exactly the same. Which you said are quite Irish, and I can see what you see. There's a lot of siblings hitting each other. Yeah. A lot of poking about. <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of parents reprimanding siblings for not being nice to each other. Yes. Um, but there are some very, very Korean moments in Parasite, like when they find out that the 
the granddaughter has been killed by the monster. Yeah. They all have a roll around on the ground and a cry and start drop kicking each other. Because that's Korean. <laughs> well, for, yeah. for better or worse, that's For better Korean. or worse, that's what happens in Korean movies. People roll around on the floor and cry. Give it an old boot up the backside. Yeah, a lot more than other things. But where, where am I going with the whole uh, uniquely know, Korean the thing? The, the whole uniquely Korean thing. So they have the slow-witted food seller. Mm. Food sellers who are slow witted, in to me, they look like kind of the lower class, the less respected. They, they people would of be the Korea. working class of Korea. And then they have the auntie who is an archer. Yeah. And archery, Ben, massive sport in Korea. Really? One of their best sports for Olympic medals and stuff. C'est bizarre. Big into archery. Huh. And big into like archery being a, a source of national pride. Wouldn't have caught that now. And then the third sibling in it is a demonstrator. He's a political yes, activist. Yes, he's a little, he's a little a activist. Student, a student rioter. Yes. And student riots were a huge thing in the in the 90s in Korea. Quite a tumultuous history, that old Korea. Exactly, mm. of student riots. So he's picked three real Korean archetype characters. And he likes that. Right. Mm. And you might miss that if you aren't familiar with the culture. You don't need to see that to appreciate it. I missed it. That's what I'm saying. But I'm not familiar with the culture. Michael. It would be like if you had a family drama set in Ireland where there was a farmer who was also a ga player. <laughs> and then one of the other children was like a rugby boy who went to DC uh, to, to UCD. There are and subtle then, inclinations as to see what I'm the saying? type of person you're dealing with. Yeah. And then the fourth and then the third sibling was, uh, I don't know, he worked in Google and he was a modern Ireland. He's a yuppie. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? A yuppster. There's things like that that are... Yeah. That are in Gwemo. At play there. Yeah. Mm. It's a very good movie though. It's a very good, uh, it's a very good movie. It is a very good movie. It's a good monster movie without a being a monster movie. It's a good monster movie without being a monster movie. But the real monsters, Ben, are the Americans. Americans are terrible. Herschel from The Walking Dead is the one who <laughs> flushes all the chemicals into the Han River at the beginning. My favourite thing about so it is strange. that. Yeah, it's so strange. It's about the monsters are the Americans and government incompetence and government bending over for the Americans. There is nothing worse than yeah. a spineless government, Michael. And the heroes are a poor Korean food seller, an archer, and. The working classes, and if you will. A student rebel. Yeah, I mean, that theme runs through uh, Bong Joon Ho's work consistently. Class warfare is a huge part, probably no more so. Uh, then in Bloody Snowpiercer, Michael, where he just takes his analogy and turns it into a big giant film. Except this time it's Chris Evans. Except this time it's Chris Evans. Yeah, so I suppose one of the interesting things about his his kind of huge international foray, the one that got him big acclaim, was the fact that he did an English-speaking film as a man who speaks very little English. Mm. Um, it's kind of a fascinating thing. Um, Snowpiercer is ridiculous. It's a dystopia, Michael. Um, ridiculous in concept, wonderful as a film. Um, and the Snowpiercer is the af is the train. Uh, the train is the titular Snowpiercer. The aforementioned Snowpiercer. Um, and it um it rolls on through the nuclear wasteland apocalypse, mm. and it's bloody freezing cold, Michael. We're in the middle of nuclear winter. Uh, nu- nuclear, nu- nuclear. No, it's funnier if you don't pronounce it correctly. Nuclear. We found that. Nuclear. Yeah, um, nuclear winter and. Um, basically, this train is split between upper classes in the front carriages, the first class of the train, if you will, mm-hmm. um, working classes at the lower end of the train in the hovel. And it's it's the people at the back of the train live a miserable existence, Michael, um, of basically being carted around on a, a rolling internment camp. Mm. 
um, of sorts. Um, whereas the people on the upper part of the train live in the lap of luxury, Michael. Weird film. Based um, on a French comic. Based on a French comic. Korean director. Korean director. Czech funded. Czech funded. In English. In English. It's a, it's a bizarre film, Michael. So international. Um, Chris Evans stars. American. American. Got bloody John Hurt. John Hurt is his mentor of sorts. Jamie Bell. Bloody Ed Harris. Just, just the name villain. Yeah. Um, Jamie Bell is there. It, look, it's a bizarre film, Michael. And it's all about the, the desperation of being poor, basically, and the victimhood that you suffer. Um, as a result of being poor, how you're preyed upon by the rich. Um, because every once in a while, Michael, uh, it turns out in a film that came out four years ago. Four, I think. Four, maybe five. Yeah. Um, spoilers for that film. It turns out, Michael, that in this super train that never runs out of steam, mm-hmm. um, that always works perfectly, that seems mm-hmm. to carry on through nuclear winter no matter what happens, yeah. um, there is unfortunately a huge design flaw. There is a compartment in the top end of the train, Michael, that only fits a small child. And that small child has to turn a crank to make the train work. And that becomes the that becomes the physical embodiment of sacrifices must be made. Mm. Um, sacrifices must be made so that people can continue. Yeah. Sacrifice was a common kind of theme in Gwemel as well. Yes, exactly. And the the... Central conflict of, of Snowpiercer and Michael is do sacrifices have to be made and are those sacrifices worth it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten mm. times throughout a film. Just keep doing um, it. And that's that's really what it comes down to. Bizarre film, Michael. And it has Kang Ho Sung. But very good. Kang Ho Sung plays the mysterious middleman of the train. He's a kind of philosopher down and out beatnik poet type lunatic um, who operates in the middle of the train and has secret mysteries to unravel Um, but it's a fascinating film Michael and it's about the progress from the back of the train to the front of the train to get one of these children back Um, it's a a French Revolution style kind of French Revolution Korean Revolution Czech Revolution American Revolution English Revolution but you take your oppression and boot against it Um, but a good film Michael excellent mad for for trains the old Koreans mad for trains Michael speaking of being mad for trains go on you segue us there buttery segue bloody you know what I watched there the other day Ben one of your favourites Michael it is I really thoroughly enjoyed it Ben it's very fucking good I watched one of the best zombie films Train to Busan Train to Busan. Have you seen it? Uh, I haven't actually. I didn't get a chance. You haven't seen to Train see to Busan. It. I haven't seen Train to Train Busan. Train to Busan no. is probably the best zombie film of recent times because they're a bit trite, you know. Zombie films we've seen them all before. Yes, but Train to Busan is a very good zombie film ben, by Yun Sang Ho. Yeah, Ben. You know when you're watching a zombie film. Yes. What do the zombies represent? It depends on on what you're raging against at that particular moment in time, exactly. Michael. Exactly. So in the in the like in the fifties and sixties, it was the birth of nuclear power. Dirty bloody. Guys. Then it became maybe communism. Mm. Then it was consumerism. Oh, don't the, you be looking at that iPod, you! Get out of that mints. mall, you big jerk! Get out of the mall. In this movie, I think the zombies represent. Becoming slaves to wage slaves or a capitalist agenda. Yeah, yes, but not in the same kind of American way of purchase, purchase, purchase. The grind in the more Korean yeah. Japanese way of get yourself become, an office. Yeah, get chain yourself. yourself to the desk. Yes, get on in here and commit yourself wholeheartedly to business, no matter what it costs. Business, even if it costs your relationship with your daughter, even if it costs your humanity in the end. Den, den. 
Damn, because a bit 28 days later. A little bit, bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little, little bit, bit it is. And there's fast zombies and slow zombies and, you know, it's, it's a good a zombie. There's good zombies. But the real baddie... Go on. So in, in Train to Busan, there's a, there's what, what I, I don't know if they use the term salaryman in it, but there's a salaryman. Yes, I, I had this explained to me quite recently, Michael, as a, as a concept. It's basically someone who commits themselves. Yeah, they, they live their job. Yeah, they live their job, a salaryman. Mm-hmm. Our we, salary woman, I found yeah, out. We would call them a workaholic. Yes, but, but it's apparently a position of great esteem yeah, you in know, certain cultures. You get into a company, you get into one of the big companies, your Samsung Mm-hmm. Your LG, nice, and you just spend all your time there, and Don't you forget you about your family, your friends. You forget about everything, and you because that's what you do. And business is everything. Business yeah. becomes the main thing. And the funny thing is, in this movie, the the hero, the real hero, is the guy who plays Gilgamesh in the upcoming The Eternals because he's brilliant. So, oh no, it's not him. I, I forget his name, but he the the hero, the the main character of this, um, he he wants to take his daughter to see her estranged mother. Or his estranged wife. And he hasn't really been paying her much attention as a father. It's Gong Yu. Yeah, is that the he's, guy who's going to be the Gilgamesh? No, he's, the he's, gonna... he's the main guy, isn't he? No, because I'm not... The main guy isn't the coolest guy. The main guy is... Is the, it Madon Suk? Yeah, I think so. The main guy is the dad who wants to take his daughter. Oh. That's yeah, this. that's him there. Yeah, that's him there. No. Middle guy. The middle guy is a blank picture, Ben. Sorry. <laughs> Left guy. No, he's not the guy. He's he's the he's the kind of cool guy. He's the cool guy who he's the only one. The guy here on the left. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Gong Yu. He's the guy. The guy. The guy who plays Gilgamesh is the guy who wrap for the first time in zombie movie history wraps his forearms in padding. World War Z did and that. tape. In and then when they try and bite him, he's like, "You can't bite me!" And he pushes like the whole cart of zombies back because he's a big tough guy. He's a big tough guy. But anyway, it's pretty smart. Yes, the the real villain of the piece isn't the zombies. It's a businessman, an older businessman <gasps> who has devoted his life to business <gasps> and he doesn't really care much for humanity and he's out for himself above who everything does? else. And I think the whole point is we've got the young dad and the real villain is this guy who could be the future him. Ah, I see? So he's fighting himself. Exactly. Or it's a comment on how new age parenting is actually kind and compassionate and how boomer parenting is pretty toxic. I don't think it is. Okay, never mind. I think that's putting an American slant onto a Korean movie. I am an American slant kind of guy. Yeah, so I think think it's about like this guy struggling not to become this guy. And the sacrifices he has to make. Don't want to be no salary man. Well, yeah, like, I mean, the, the goal of the salary man, I think, is to become the CEO. Probably. And this mean guy who keeps locking the doors and leaving people in with the zombies. Oh, what a dick. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to have to go watch this film. It's now, a very Michael. good film. I thought it was on Netflix. It wasn't. And it has very good action. Like, aside from all these themes and stuff, it has very good action. <laughs> no, for these tropes. Give yeah. me that sweet, sweet action. No, I mean, it's it's interesting, Michael, that we focus so much on a, on a podcast that normally doesn't really zone in on heavy drama and tropes and stuff like that. Korean cinema seems to be awash with with deeply intimate personal dramas. no. Oh. The good ones. The I good mean, ones seem to be a well, yeah, like this is the thing. Intimate. When you're talking about uh, the cinema industry of a country that you don't live in, you, you only really get the cream. It's a cream <laughs> rising to the top situation. So, yeah. I mean, I, when I was there, I saw, I saw 200 pound beauty about a woman who undergoes uh, full body plastic surgery to become popular. And that was like the second most successful film of the year. When is Paltrow? Um, it wasn't like, it was kind of like Shallow Hal. It, I think it was around the same time as Shallow Hal as well. Mm, that'd be it. But with the op- completely opposite message, she ends up happy because she is skinny and attractive. 
Oh, um, and that's pressure. Like lots of derivative horror movies. I saw a part two, which was about a haunted apartment rather than the haunted house of the grudge or Fair. the haunted videotape of the ring. I saw a crime movie called Jock Bay, translated as City is Violence, which um, I don't know. I don't know what was going on. Aren't it, they just it seemed to be about four friends and two of them became cops and two of them became L-time. criminals or something. But that's what I'm saying. It's the cream. We get the cream. The cream is the cream. Yeah, goes the cream is what makes it here. Speaking of creams of crops, Michael, go on. Friend of the podcast and doubting Thomas of Benjamin, uh, Nyan Wassies also recommended that we watch the Vengeance trilogy. Go on. From I'm going to get the name wrong. Korea, I think. Park Chan Wook mm. is the name of the director. Um, and these are these are intimately violent. And what I mean by intimately violent uh, is that it's bloody close-up gory violence, Michael. It's, oh, good. It's, we're right in there with the splatter and the blood and the hammers to the teeth. And, oh, good. Oh. Uh, so the one that everybody probably knows, if you were to ask about like great international cinema, the one that a lot of people would be able to tell you from the Barcelona is Old Boy. Oh, with Josh Brolin. Uh, with Josh Brolin, yes. Uh, by noted American director and original savant uh, Spike Lee. No, no Michael. No, that was no good. No, Michael. That was terrible. It misses all kinds of nuance and subtleties mm. and yada yada yada. Um what I'm talking about is 2004's Korean old boy. Mm. Um which is just a fantastic film, Michael. It's about a man who uh has everything taken from him when he's put in a little bloody box. In the box and uh, it's all about his bloody big evil vengeance, Michael. Mm-hmm. Um he comes out and that's why it's called it's part of the Vengeance Trilogy, probably the best known of the three. Um and he goes out and he just has a time. Michael mm. and then there's a bloody spooky scary terrifying twist at the it's end it's a very unpleasant uh, twist it's not spooky in fairness it's just unnerving and unsettling in in every sense of the word I think we can spoil it it has been out for 17 yeah, years yeah well basically he, he falls in love with a young lady Michael um, but yeah. he, he guess who she turns out to be it's his bloody daughter Michael. oh no good it's his bloody daughter Michael. <laughs> oh get out of here um, and in the end he chooses uh, a lifetime of being put back in the box yeah um, as opposed to living with the What's in the box? Horrific shame of, of having rode your own daughter. Oh, no good. Um, there are other, there are another two there. Um, there are Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, mm-hmm. which was the original. And then there was Lady Vengeance, which came out after Old Boy. And both of those, Michael, both of those uh, centre around normal Korean people yeah. that have had enough. They, they, they They're can't not going to take, take it, no it anymore. Um, this is what I mean. Uh, Korean cinema, or the cream of the crop of uh, Korean cinema, seems to focus intensely on the oppressed of Korean society. Your salary men, mm-hmm. your salary women, mm-hmm. your down and outs. Um, and it seems to give them a little bit of, I don't know if you'd call it, I suppose we'd call it fan service, Michael, but it's a little bit of fantasy fulfillment for a, a lot of Koreans, of, uh, I'd imagine. Ca- catharsis, I yeah, think, is the word you're looking for, cinema. That is what I'm looking for, Michael. That that's is what I'm looking word, for. That's the word you were looking for. exactly what I was looking for, Michael. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, yeah, so... I, I don't mean, know what that is in Korean. It, it's pretty intense violence in all three. Um, and the... Of course, Ben, Lady Vengeance is the thing you fear most. <laughs> I'm quite a fan of Lady Vengeance. It turns me on and then I remember, oh, oh no, yeah. this is going to end horribly. Mm, um, but live by the sword, Michael. Die by the Die sword. Die by the sword. Exactly, that's what they say. Well, that's, that's just how it goes. There are several women that I'm going to get a text from if they listen to this. Um, <laughs> this is going to get me in trouble. Lady Vengeance. Uh, ladies Vengeance. Um, yeah, but anyway. What were you, you saying, Michael? What were you saying? Um, I think what, what marks that trilogy out, Michael, is the, the sheer close-up, gritty just intense level of emotion and vitriol that some of those characters portray Michael watch any of those 
and you'll have yourself a sex scene you'll have yourself a violence mm-hmm. and it's so intense like, like it's right up in your face censors be damned just oh, so hardcore Michael just unsettling to watch which one is the best you wouldn't want uh, I would argue that old boy is the best right. but Lady Vengeance is awfully good is it Um I mean, it's a bit Korean exploitation. Could we call it Korean exploitation? Could you? Are you going to co- coin that well, term? I don't. I don't think I can. I think it's a Korean film, so it's inherently Korean, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it necessarily reinforces negative stereotypes, but it certainly uses stereotypes in a strong way to reinforce its message, which is don't uh, fuck around on your wife. No, she'll get you. Don't be acting the bollocks. Um, but as I said, Michael, it, it comes through. Well, I forgot a film from uh, bloody from bloody my darling Bong Joon Ho. He did bloody Okja for Netflix. Okja, Okja. His uh, criticism of the meat industry, meat and dairy industry. Oh, is that him? Oh, we have the, yeah, that's him. Didn't know that. Completely missed that. Uh, his his second English language film, um, which is completely English language. Uh, bloody Jake Gyllenhaal playing a ridiculous Steve Irwin, kind of a an inverse Steve Irwin, a man who plays up to his reputation as an animal lover and uh, is actually just in it for the fame and glory. Oh, classic um, Steve Irwin. And uh, yeah, that's his other one, Tilda Swinton's there, Tilda Swint's. Um, who was also in Snowpiercer in Snowpiercer um, big big criticism of the meat and dairy industry and just the toxic nature of that I don't know if uh, Bong Joon-ho is actually a, a, veg- a vegan but uh, he might be he might be he certainly doesn't seem to like the bloody mass meat industry tell you that much hmm. now that's all I have to say on that Michael sorry I forgot <laughs> it and I don't know whether I said Snowpiercer was his only English language film if I did I'll retract that right now Michael I don't think you did I think you said first. Um, but in general, a lot of these things, Michael, come through in, in different things. So there's another director that kind of does the more art house end of it, who is Kim Ji-Woon. And this actor, uh, Song Kang-ho, who is the father in Parasite, um, the mysterious beatnik poet, lunatic in Snowpiercer, and the main character of Host, mm. the host, the host, mm. um, is in it as well. And it's... Uh, Bittersweet Life, and that's all about Korean military and covering things up. It's, I suppose it's like a few good men oh. for the Korean military. It's interesting, Michael. Um, I was watching some answers. interviews on why. <laughs> I was watching some interviews on on why. You want answers? I suppose I was. I was watching some interviews to try and find out what what are the common themes. You can't and, handle the truth. And the truth of it is, Michael, is that um, a lot of these things are Korean-centric because Korea has a very unique culture when it comes to conflict and conscription. And there are a lot of shared Korean experiences for some people. Mm-hmm. And I suppose using those, as you said, the archery, um, conscription, time in the military, a lot of these are things um, that really kind of resonate with people, Michael. And then my sister, Go while on. I was researching this, the turned around to me. Sister. She, she doesn't pay attention to a lot of what I do. She and doesn't she, care about the podcast. She said, she said Ben... Are you listening to Korean culture? And I went, what do you mean listening to Korean culture? She's like, it's a podcast that I listen to to understand my favourite sitcom. And I went, what do you mean your favourite sitcom? And she watches a huge sitcom from Canada of all places. Go on. Called Kim's Convenience, Michael. I've heard of it. Kim's Convenience is fucking hilarious. Go on. Michael. And I use fucking as an adjective to just denote something that's wonderful and Mm. enjoyable and a great insight if you're trying to understand a bit more of Korean culture. Mm. Uh, Kim's Convenience is about a Korean-Canadian family. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two children are second generation, or sorry, first generation Canadian, Canadian eh? Korean, yeah. and mother and father are full Korean. Oh, yeah. And it takes a look at their life as immigrants in Canada. Canada eh? And Michael, 
Yes, Pam. It was funny when I was watching Parasite. Mm-hmm. Much of what I watched in Parasite, I understood in terms of small tidbits of language, mm-hmm. because um, both actors who play the parents in Kim's Convenience yes. speak mostly in Korean. Oh. Um, they have Korean well, they phrases, would, they? and they look at at the Korean experience as immigrants, where they came from, what they do, and Michael. It was a fascinating insight in Korean culture. Nowhere near as in depth as your own. But it was interesting that my probably, sister was able to point me in the direction of... Probably more, Ben, something because, really you know, if it's made by a team of people who are Korean, I think that's more than spending yes, a little bit of time enough. there. But it wins a ton of awards, Michael, um, in the Canadian TV and film industry. Do they own a convenience shop? Um, yes, they do, and the thing, that's that's what it is. That's it's a corner Korean, store. That's the Korean stereotype. Yes, it's, it's the Korean America. stereotype. But they look at that and they break it down in a way... That is very heartwarming, but also hilarious, Michael. And it makes it very accessible as a culture. They have little uh, vignettes at the beginning of each episode. And it's a fascinating little two-minute deconstruction of some preconceived notion that you would have of Koreans. Or Canadian. of another minority. Oh. It's it's really interesting to watch it interact, Michael. So Kim's Convenience was something that I really enjoyed. We don't really have a surfeit of Korean grocers here. No, we don't have that. We don't have a huge... Uh, do we have a big Korean population, we have, Michael? We have a decently sized Korean population. There are restaurants. And, there are yeah, restaurants. There are shops. That we quite enjoy, yeah. Michael. We quite this, enjoy. This you and I have... cross brought to you by Kimchi on Dublin's Kimchi Parnell Street. Kimchi should be. <laughs> oh, if they sponsored us, that'd be bloody great. Sponsor this episode, guys. Sponsor this episode, guys. Guys, that's our time. Just give us some bibimbap. Give us some bibimbap. Oh, look at you nailing that pronunciation. Well, did I? Did I, Ben? Probably not. Korean listeners, because we do have one or two. How was Michael's pronunciation? Let us know down below. Oh, no, Bibimbap was fine. Earlier on was probably Um, Have you seen... Uh, have you seen Parasite of the PowerPoint? No, no, I haven't. Um, if you have, what did you think of it? Um, what is your favourite piece of Korean culture? We didn't really touch animation or um, comics or anything or, like that. Or, or, the or, K-pop. or the performing artist Psy. Or the Gangnam style. style. Um, Or any kind of K-pop, which Mm -hmm. we really should. We did have a recommendation from Dr. Cadwell Mm -hmm. about the plethora of what seemed to be um, Korean YouTube channels for children. Mm -hmm. Um, And we didn't watch any of those, Michael. Oh, I did. Oh, did you? Oh, Ben, if you haven't lived, you haven't baby sharked. Okay, well then we'll have to come back to that. Yeah. Is that where Baby Shark comes from? Yeah, baby. Well, Baby Shark, yeah, that's the fella, yeah. Well, Pink Fong, the YouTube channel is Korean. Okay, fair enough. And the two kids in the video are Korean. Well, that's good. Anyway, we didn't get a chance to talk about all that. So maybe we'll do a part two at some Well, point. I mean, Ben, it's a whole country. We because can't cover it's it a whole country. episode. We can't say that we've definitively covered Korean pop culture. No, can we? Even though that's the name of this episode. Michael. I talked about Gwemul and Train to Busan. That's pretty much what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, you got through what you wanted to talk oh, about. Ladies and gentlemen, what did we miss? Uh, for our Korean listeners, what should we watch next? Yeah. We do have one or two Korean listeners. Please get in touch with us, guys. Tell and let us know what we should watch next. If, if... You want to get in touch with us I'm in not a way that isn't about traditional. Romance. Nothing to do with romance. No. I'll watch the romance once. You I'm watch a, the romance once. I'm a I've, hopeless romantic at heart. I have no time for that. Um, it also keeps the lady vengeance off my back. Um, <laughs> so yeah, in general, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get in touch with us, we are show, we are online at showmorebeag.com S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com Means tiny room in Irish. It means tiny room in Irish. Uh, we are Jack on Ruben Instagram Bang. at showmorebeag. Same spelling, same thing. Still means tiny room in Irish. Yeah. Um, you can get in touch with us there if you prefer an informal interaction. Um, if you're listening to us on Spotify, give yeah. us an L, follow an L and follow. Uh, share it with your friends. Yeah. Share it with your friends. Please put us in your Instagram story. It's yeah. really easy. You go up to the little share icon, tap yeah. it, straight yeah. to Instagram yeah. stories. Yeah. 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 Then they just yeah. have to click on us. Yeah. We go on, go on through. Go on to them then. <laughs> if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please 
please give us a review. It can be a two-word review with five stars. It can be a three-word review with five stars. It Pair can be a bloody essay with yeah. five stars. Just five stars. Just give us the five stars. Yeah. Um, and send us up Even there. give us a review that, say, that says... I wouldn't rate this podcast five stars, but then rate it five stars. Yes, just give us the five stars. You'll probably, the irony of that will probably get you noticed in the um, world of reviewing. Uh, look, we'll bloody, we'll bloody tout your, your graces. We'll read it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a read. Um, 10 out of 10 wouldn't listen. Um, <laughs> Very good. <laughs> that's it for us for this week, ladies and gentlemen. On that note, please uh, keep listening. Please, please do. Bye. Nice. <laughs>